Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 24 of the Clappercast. I'm Burke. And I'm Sean. And let's get right into it, Sean. We've uh, now had about a week and a half of the regular season. So teams have played about uh, five or six games. So, you know, a bit more to go off of than our last episode. Teams are kind of showing what they're capable of. So Yeah, have some actual sample sizes now. Yeah. And as everyone expected, Colorado and the Oilers are the last teams without uh, with just wins. So, last undefeated teams. Uh, yeah, that's a better way of saying that. Yeah, the last teams uh, with only wins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the good way to say it, right? Also, like to call empty net goals no goalie goals. <laughs> <laughs> and then shorthanded um, is yeah, and so... down goals. <laughs> yeah, efficient. Um. Yeah, I mean, on that note, like. Who would have expected Edmonton to be? I mean, they're playing right now as we're recording this. This is on in the background, but um, who would have expected them to go five zero and zero? I don't think many people. No. Who would expect James um, Neal to be the uh, goal leader for the NHL? <laughs> uh, James Neal probably. <laughs> <laughs> real deal. Yeah, I mean, he, definitely he knows he's the real deal. More, more left in the tank. He's had a weird year last year in Calgary with uh, kind of being bumped out of the top six. So um, yeah. He's getting a real chance to get back into it, and he's showing that he's he can play. And, Absolutely, you know, he's being put in the right role in Edmonton. He does, and he knows how to play that role too. Because we saw like Lucic couldn't fit the role he in that position because he didn't know where to go on the ice. Not to mm-hmm. mention that he had no hands and couldn't like couldn't score or pass the way that they needed someone to. But Neil knows where he's got to go. He knows how to make the little plays. He's actually got some hands. He can control the puck. And he goes to the front of the net, and that's all that they really need in that position is just to go stand in front of the net and tip shots in, grab the rebound, like keep the play alive. That's what he's yeah. doing, and that's where he's succeeding. Yeah, and he's somebody with a good shot too. Um, yes, so he, can, he can do the network, but he can also shoot the puck, and he's 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 looking really good in that in that system. Yeah, and on on the goal leader part too, he also he managed to save a goal basically in the last game too. Nice. Yeah, this was this was an Oilers goal, not a not a Rangers goal, because <laughs> the puck was going in the net and he tipped it into Lundqvist. <laughs> so he's now tied his goals from last year, correct? Yes. Yeah, he has seven right now. That's what he had last year. So that's great fuel for the uh, you know the Battle of Alberta Fire. I think so. Edmonton's looking like they got a real steal of a deal. No pun intended for James. A real Neal. steal. Yeah, real steel, James Neal. That should be his new nickname. I think so. I think so. We got to make that happen. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. Um, it's pretty funny, you know, on NHL.com, the uh, stats leaders, the picture of James Neal has him in his Flames jersey still. <laughs> so it's pretty. Yes, funny. I coincidentally I'm sitting on that page right now, and it's still him in the Flames jersey. So it's it's pretty funny. Which is it's just really funny. Yeah, I guess worth mentioning too is uh, McDavid and and Drysital or. Or one and two, and for points in the league, you know it's obviously early, but five games in, that's that's pretty Come impressive. On, five games in, twelve points for McDavid, eleven for Drysaddle. Like they're off to a roaring start, and I mean it's basically what we all expected with Edmonton having the two very good scorers, <clears throat> and not much else beyond that. But on that note too, I mean they have James Neal who's already got seven goals. Um, Oscar Kleffbaum already has seven points. And there's just a little bit more production and offensive chances from the bottom lines this year. Who have they played so far? They've played the Flames. It was Vancouver, no, I played the Flames. Los Angeles, um, the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Devils. 
and right now they're yeah. playing the Blackhawks. Right. So, I mean, you could argue that the, the level of talent that they've faced hasn't been great, but no, <laughs> still, for the Oilers, you would not expect that. No, because these teams are basically where they are in the standings. Yeah. So it's it's not like they're playing worse teams than them, really. They're playing teams that finish around where they do. Exactly. Yeah, so I think moving and, forward, they'll uh, be tested a bit harder by some yes. stronger teams. But Yeah, it was seven of their first eight games were against non-playoff teams from last year. And then after that, it gets back to a more difficult schedule. But, I mean, starting hot can, can definitely be good for a team. So Oh, sure. I mean, they're, they've got 10 points already, and that just means they need that many fewer points later on in the season. So when they inevitably go on some random five or six game losing streak, it's not going to completely throw them out of contention like it would have otherwise if they started normally. The, the early October games are super important for the later part of the season because you can't Very. make them up, right? Like, it's just... Exactly. You got to take Unless your wins when you get them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, or the Sharks, as I pointed out last episode incorrectly <laughs> um, <laughs> yes the st louis sharks the oilers have been have been just on fire um, which is pretty cool to see you know they've kind of been going with the uh, 1a 1b with uh, mike smith and uh costco miko Koskinen. i think mike smith is pulling away as the primary starter but it's gonna still be 1a 1b because there's no way mike smith's gonna play 50 60 games all year right. so even more fuel for the battle of alberta fire you know that goalie switch more, i don't know if, if talbot has played yep. yet for yeah he played last night uh he gave up a goal in the first no, shot. so it's same old talbot same old yep. lucic yep. same and old talbot, talbot. it's, it's kind of cool um that yep. the oilers are you know on the better side of all of these things because normally that's not the case normally they have been exactly kind of the loser or the one getting a little bit less out of the deal to put it more positive well like so many of their acquisitions and like free agents and trades have just kind of like they show up in edmonton and then that's when their career just takes a complete nosedive yeah and like that's been a continual trend over the last five six seven eight years where guys do that any any free agent they bring in just sucks immediately Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice to have some of these guys come in and even though it's only going to be like a year of success maybe because they're all kind of getting a bit older it's still nice to see someone succeeding when they come to edmonton yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to have at least the semblance of four lines. You know, the Oilers, yes. have, you know, as you mentioned, they've had 1A, 1B with McDavid and Dreisaitl. But now with someone like Neil who's stepping up, they've, they've got a threat that can be placed on a different line if they need to, right? So you can have some more offense being generated by different guys throughout the lineup. So it's exciting. I mean, even just watching the Chicago game right now, you can see that they have legit four lines. It's not just a blender of guys, exactly. you know, playing together and next shift there with somebody else. Yeah. It's it's they have set lines, which is nice because you know, with, with McClellan, they were just jumbling the lines basically all night. So it's 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 pretty nice to watch. Yeah, and to to build on that, there is there's just this different energy on the team this year when you watch them play. That all four lines, all you know, all four four lines, all three defensive lines, they all have this hustle. They all have energy, and they're they're battling more. They're more energetic. They're playing the, they're playing harder on the puck, forechecking and backchecking. And one thing that like you mentioned the Chicago game that I'm noticing is the actual ability to have a five man breakout. Okay, this is something that they never did before. 
where they would try to break out of the defensive zone and do do anything, and they just lose the puck immediately. It's either some random mispass that goes for an icing, or they dump it in. It just doesn't work. But this year, they've got an actual formation or something that's going on where all five guys go up the ice in some sort of unit, and they can get the puck into the offensive zone and get pressure or chances out of it. And they did that multiple times. Another this thing that I've noticed throughout their their game so far is that they're executing on passes a lot better. They're making better choices for their passes. They're they're not passing in obstructed lanes, and that's on the power play yes. too. They're actually moving the puck around a lot better than they did last year. They're they're finding the Very open guy so. rather than trying to force a play. Yeah, and that's that was a big big problem with McDavid and Drysaddle because they had that one set play finding that seam across the, the mid slot there to uh, get one of the one of the two on a one timer. That was their only play. Yeah. And they're actually doing a little bit better at moving the puck around, using the entire offensive zone. It's like if nothing's showing up on when their puck's on one side, they'll throw behind the net and readjust on the other side. And there's just a little bit more movement, and it's helping keep the, the pressure sustained for longer. Yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch, for sure. Um, and then moving to the other team that's, that's uh, undefeated, it's the Colorado Avalanche. So they absolutely spanked the Capitals today. Yep, they put up uh, what was it four goals in the first eight minutes or something? Um, something they, crazy like that. They ended up letting a few back, um, but regaining their their substantial lead, and they won the game six three. I think was the total. Um, Washington had a goal come back that was offside, which was unfortunate for them. It was a nice beauty by John Carlson, um, but Colorado looks like they're dynamite so far. Um, I think they're so energetic. Kale McCarr has like a, you know, he's think he's got a point in every game so far. Um, yeah. He's six points in five games. Andre so. Burakovsky had back to back game winning goals for them. They were both really nice. Um, and then, and on that note too, he is also a point per game already or so far still. Right. And then Kadri has been contributing. It took him a little bit of time. I mean, we're only five games in, but it took him a bit, a few games to get back to get his first goal. Um, but he's been contributing yep. pretty effectively for that team um, as their second center. He has behind uh, McKinnon and uh, Landeskog and Randon. He has, and something that Colorado is really going to appreciate about Kadri is his faceoffs. Right. Um. Right now, he's, I mean, it's five games in, but 63% on the faceoffs for them. He's their leader of guys who apparently have taken more than one faceoff. Not too shabby. Everybody else is under 50%. Rantanen's at 50%. And then Donsko and Calvert, who are both wingers, are at 100. Right. So they clearly have taken, like, one or two faceoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're looking good. They're a, they're a fast team. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to be pretty strong this, this season. They, uh, they did well at, at addressing the depth issue that they had last year where they kind of relied too much on that one, those three offensive players, and then everyone else was just kind of there to make sure they didn't get scored on too badly. For sure. Like, they legit have two two offensive lines, uh, a solid uh, checking forward line, and a whole bunch of really good defensemen. Yeah, they got Jost in uh, S3C too now, so he can you know yep. develop a bit his game a bit more in that third line role rather than play second center. Um, or play up with with Kerfoot. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they're they're looking good. Um, I did not like this game today as a Caps fan. Um, hmm. no one likes to see their team go down by three or four <laughs> within the first half of the first period. But I mean, it was Can't still fun to watch. 
um, as a fan of hockey. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add about Colorado. I mean, old Grubauer's been playing pretty good. Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything else to really add to that. Yeah, that, that covers Colorado. Um, let's move on to another team that's actually doing pretty surprising. Um, kind of the Oilers' counterpart, the Buffalo Sabres. They are yes. 5-0-1 oh, so far. So they were they were right up there, but they did have one OT or a shootout loss. So, I mean, everybody expected this, just like the Oilers, right? Everybody expected them to just come out of the um, gate firing. So. We, we totally expected three of the top four teams in the league to be Edmonton, Buffalo, and Carolina, right? <laughs> and Anaheim, I think, was there, yeah. too, for a bit. Yeah, it's surprising. Um, that, was, that was what everyone they're, thought. They're... Uh, what, what, how old is he? Uh, 24, Olafson. Um, he's he's come in as a rookie. I think he was like a seventh round pick or something, or a fourth round pick a few years ago. Seventh round, yeah, seventh round in 2014. Yeah, so Victor Olafson, you know, he's got, uh, I think he's got a five game point streak. Uh, he's got just a power play goal in basically every game. Yeah, he does five power play goals in six games. Yeah, all of his goals are on the power yeah, play. Yeah, so. You know, guy's got a shot. He's been playing with Eichel, yeah. top line. Um, comes in as a bit older of a rookie, you know. It's kind of like that Panarin thing. So he's, he's been fun to watch. Uh, I picked him up for my fantasy team, and <laughs> I, I like it so far. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. He's he's going to be giving... I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to figure out how to stop him too quickly because a guy with a shot like that, you just you don't just stop him. Right. Especially when... Especially on the power play like that, they're... He's just going to keep putting up those goals. One thing that I noted about uh, Olafson is that he's actually from Orenskoldsvik, which is the same place that uh, Marcus Naslund and the Sedins are from. Uh, I think what Peter Forsberg might be the from there, there too. Uh, I'm not too certain, um, but kind of cool um, that he's from that same place. So with with Buffalo, um, even though I am surprised that they're doing so well, it, at the same time. It isn't because of the effect of Ralph Kruger, what I think he can bring to that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, in his season with Edmonton, that was the year that they, in their whole decade of darkness there, that they actually looked the best, okay. that their young players were um, contributing like, beyond what you thought they were going to be able to. That was Yakupov's best season. Okay. Um, everybody was exciting. They were fun. They were just playing well and as a good team. And just something about what Ralph Kruger brings as a leader in that organization is helping a lot of these young players just excel beyond what they could perform in under the previous coach. He kind of gives them a little bit more free reign to to do do a bit more, make the mistakes, but also contribute more in the ways that they can. He plays the players to their strengths a lot. It was a great move by Jack Eichel to bring that coach in. I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's a good thing he got approval from the owner, Jack Eichel. <laughs> yeah. And also very noble of him to step aside as coach, uh, as coach Jack Eichel. <laughs> the Oilers have, have they're on pretty much <laughs> a similar trajectory, right? Like they've got a younger, younger core. You you would say, right? Like um, like Eichel, McDavid. Yes. Uh, Michael's got a supporting cast of um, like Jeff Skinner, um, Rasmus Ristolainen, I guess is is one of those big guys for them who might actually yeah. be moving out. Um, yeah, Darlene, he's not looking too good. Um, I think Reese Deline is I, yeah, actually more doing pretty good so far, though, this this season. Um, I've heard the trade rumors have died down, yeah. which to me signals that he's been doing okay to start the year. Yeah. 
but um, it's hard to it's hard to negate like three years <laughs> of very questionable play with five or six games of you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they've got a lot of young guys on that team, so having a coach that can get get something out of those younger guys is super super beneficial for them. And you look at their who they've played so far. So they've played the Penguins opening night, beat them three one. They played the Devils game two, beat them seven two. Um, they they lost to the Blue Jackets in OT. They beat the Canadians in OT. Beat the Panthers in a shootout, and then they they shut out the Stars today, four zero. So you know, going to over, overtime or a shootout in three of those games is it's kind of like their streak last year where they had what was it like twelve games in a row or whatever that they won. A lot of them were going to OT. Yeah, that was up ten or twelve um, games, and but yeah, all but the OT. fact that they shut out the Stars today. Uh, that to me shows that they're 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 a, a bit time. more of a real deal right now because you know the stars do they have their own struggles this season. I think they're only um yeah they're one five and one <laughs> so they're not doing so hot but they've got a lot of offensive firepower. They've been scoring, they've just been losing games. So Sabres look like they're they're on it so far. Um I, I think they're gonna they could be a potential surprise. It could be a bit of a wild card, I think. Um, granted, they can continue this type of play under under the new coach, but they could be a bit of a wild card and um, surpass expectations. Yeah, I think they can definitely take advantage of some teams doing a bit poorer than expected, and maybe um, teams yeah. like the Penguins, which have been decimated by injuries, you know. Um, and especially like we were talking earlier about um, the importance of points in these early games. You've got a team like the Panthers, who everyone thought was going to be kind of bordering that wild card spot but they're not doing too great to start the year. And instead, you've got Buffalo, who's kind of grabbed a whole bunch of these points early on while they can. Well, now they have a little bit more freedom to, you know, lose a few more games later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The The trend is kind of seeing those teams that did some pretty big moves in the offseason haven't been doing too great. Um, you know, New Jersey, for sure, has been, been struggling the most. But uh, Phillies had a bit of a slower start. Um, Islanders, you know, kind of splitting their games. Florida splitting their games as well. Um, San Jose, not not doing so hot. <laughs> Dallas, not doing so hot. Yeah. So. Yeah, and all of these teams that you've just mentioned are bottom half of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, San Jose and Dallas are down on the bottom bottom seven of the league. Here. Yeah. So you know, the teams that that had a lot of turnover and new faces coming in. They're t- they're going to take some time to get used to playing with each other, and these could be some important games down the road. When oh you know remember when we lost five games in the first three weeks of the season? Well, that's hurting us now. Exactly. Um, we saw exactly. last year that the West was particularly weak, and some teams were able to take advantage. One of them being the St. Louis Blues. You know they 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 came from being the worst to being the Stanley Cup champs. So you know, those, all these For games sure. matter. Um, I mean, the flip side of that is St. Louis lost a lot of their games and then we're still able to, but, you know, you can't always count. Well, they, that was also because the West. Yeah, you weak. can't always count were, on they, yeah. the circumstance being there to come back from that. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You can't rely on a miracle turnaround, <laughs> basically. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Oilers and the Sabres have a, have a good shot of um, surpassing you know, people's predictions. Um, we'll see um, if yeah. they can hang on. I, I'd be excited to see that. 
um, because they've been both kind of they've had you know their little pushes here and there but you know they haven't really been able to to make it back in um, for a while so it'd be kind of exciting and regardless of how you feel about the teams it's just they're fun stories to get behind as fans oh yeah definitely when when you've got teams that are exciting playing well overperforming you've got these underdog stories that everyone just seems to love to get behind mm-hmm. so whether or not you love or hate the team they're still okay and they're still fun to watch yeah yeah, yeah buffalo when they're rallying around this type of this type of locker room energy buffalo's going to be fun to watch with jeff skinner jack Eichel, and olafson there's a lot of a lot of firepower there up front so it's going to be i do i do worry in buffalo about the one-dimensionalness of their players (laughs) because now they've got skinner and uh skinner and olafson who are both basically just power play guys who score like that's not that's not a type of player that you have too many of on one team right yeah i mean we'll see um you know we haven't seen too much of olafson yet so we'll see if he's able to to be as good five on five um but I mean, if they, even if they can keep their power play hot, that's uh, that's going to be good for them down the stretch. So oh, they got a good sure. chance of uh, of performing well all season. But it's early; it's pretty early, so I'll have to monitor that. Um, yeah, I mean, Dallas. I mentioned that they were one five and one. It's not not ideal. They're they're waiting to see the debut of Corey Perry. He started the season on the IR. Um, I don't know when he's set to be back, but um, that could could yeah, look different. He busted different. his foot, so he's probably out for a month. Still for a month? Uh, a month from when he got injured. Okay. So I'm assuming in the next couple of weeks, probably. And then because it's oh two days ago, he's hoping to be back next week. Okay. That'll be interesting to see how he slots into so, that lineup and how good he'll be. They could probably use his pestiness to help get the team into the game. Because if they're, they're, they're having trouble scoring right now, actually. They're less than two goals per game, which the, the team with the firepower that they have is not like something's wrong there. They need a little bit of energy. They need a bit of a boost. Okay. Um, Perry can kind of give that with his random pestiness, with his getting under the opponent's skin, go throw a big hit or something. He, he might be able to give them that boost they need to get their game going, you know? Right. Yeah, I think them being under two goals a game is probably because they got shut out <laughs> today. Um, I do know. Um, they've been yes, able. To, I, I know when I'm watching the Capitals, they they got one goal in the last game, but the game before that, they put up four. Um, in in overtime, that was that uh, Radulov Sagan winner. Um, so right. you know they're they're still capable. That top line is, is still doing something at least. Um, Hints has been you know putting up some goals, which is good. He's been doing but, good. Uh, yeah, yep. I mean they're they gotta get it together here. Because um, they can only only do this for so long before it starts to be an issue. You know, how long do you think it'll be until yeah. they get another bullshit comment from <laughs> from management? Um, well, looking at Tyler Sagan and with three points in seven games, Radulov and Ben with two in seven games, like that's gonna have to come right away. Here. <laughs> this is some horseshit performance. Step it up. Yeah. <laughs> Like for real though, these guys, yeah, they need to step it up because guy players of their caliber are not, are not putting up forty points per season. Yeah, they got some work cut out for them for sure. 
yeah, they have a lot of ground to catch up on, and the central is once again looking fairly difficult, so it's going to be hard to make that ground up. One team I want to give some kudos to was the Winnipeg Jets. They've managed to actually do fairly well with a depleted decor. They've managed to to win some <laughs> games, actually, which is kind of surprising. They are they are lucky in that uh, their offense is countering the almost four goals per game they're giving up. <laughs> Yeah, they're also lucky that they had two games against Pittsburgh. Um, they they split those games. The first one they won with their worst defense lineup they've had. Um, but then they got shit kicked by Pittsburgh the next game, seven <laughs> two. So um, it's it's been shaky, but you know they've they've been hanging in there. It's it's been surprising. <laughs> I thought they were going to do a lot worse. It is. I I feel like they're kind of. You kind of see this sometimes, like the first few games after a major injury where the team rallies together and they just they, they do well for a little bit. You know, it's been seven games now with this defensive lineup, and they're still doing okay, be, minus that Pittsburgh game, which we'll wait and see if that was the norm or the outlier. Right. But even even watching them on the ice, they're still playing well enough that they're competitive, and their their defense is surprisingly not bad. <laughs> Um, Pionk is stepping up quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker Pullman is getting the credit he probably deserves as a decent mid-level defenseman. Um, he's been overlooked a lot the last few years, just playing behind some big names like that were there before. Right. But now he's getting a bit of a spotlight. Doing, he's pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been impressive that they've managed to to hold on and win some games. But yeah, like you said, they do have a lot of top-end firepower up front. Um, Line A's actually been playing really good. I was just going to say, like, you got to give some credit here to Patrick Line, who is actually has more assists than goals right now, and he's playing a complete game. Been fun. So far. Been fun to watch. He's uh, he's definitely stepped it up. You know, he's, he's, he even said that he's going to stop playing video games on the road and stop bringing his console. So, you know, don't know if there was a problem there, but, you know, him stopping is good because he was playing like something stupid, like 12 hours a day or something like that. So, yeah. So, so I imagine this contract negotiation was a bit of a wake, a wake up call for him. There's someone who, you know, he's like, what is he? He's like 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21. So he's kind of still, kind of still in that younger age where you don't fully commit to something yet. So this was the first major contract negotiation where, his performance and his actions were probably put right out in the open for him and his agent. Mm-hmm. And maybe he had a bit of a wake-up call. Maybe he kind of got a bit of a talking to from from people in his life. But he seems to have taken it to heart. So all more credit to him for that. Yeah, he's he's been pretty dynamite for them so far. Like you said, kind of playing more of a complete game. He's been passing the puck really well in the some high-danger areas. And it's been fun to watch. Um, Absolutely. Let's get on to another team that's has been struggling so far. And that is New Jersey. So struggling is putting it lightly. They had a lot of people hyped up at the beginning of the season because of the moves that they made and some of the new players that they had in the system. Yeah, and the return of Taylor Hall, the hope for Corey Schneider. Kind of saw through all that, and you know, both of us expected them to do poorly, and they've exceeded that <laughs> they've been doing garbage yeah it, it's hard to it's hard to underwhelm someone who expects you to do poorly but they've managed to do that so far yeah so congrats to them 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been um, the ideal start that they are looking for to this to the season, to put it bluntly. Um, no, you know they looked they looked okay in preseason, but you know it's that's not never a, a good gauge for how a team will do throughout the year. Um, you know they they lost their their opening night game to the Jets five four in a shootout. Um, they had a four zero lead in that game, and that's yeah that brings a major trend for them here where they just keep giving up leads. They did it again today, um, where they were I think they were up. 4-1 or 4 nothing against Florida, and they lost 6-4. Yep. I think it was five unanswered goals it for was, Florida, it was so four, four one. one I have it. I have the list um, here. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, this is, that is not a trend, like, for it to happen two, three times in six games like that is concerning, to say the least. Let's just break it down here. So, first, first game, 5-4 shootout. They had a 4-0 lead. They blew it. They lost. Next game, they played the Sabres, who, like we mentioned, came out of the gate pretty hot. Um, they lost seven two. That's embarrassing. That's that's not that's not fun. Um, next game, they got shut out by the Flyers. Carter Hart posted a shutout four zero. Next game was against the Oilers. Um, they lost that one in a shootout. Uh, they had a three two lead. Blew it in the last minute. With lost. a minute left. Next game, shout out again by the Bruins. So the Bruins are obviously a good team, but you know that's that's two shutouts in three games. It's not not ideal. The next game was tonight. They had a four-one lead. They blew it. Panthers lost or Panthers won six-four. So they're o four and two. They have a goals four of thirteen and a goals against of twenty-nine. So, which uh, <laughs> that's scary. Corey Schneider is out, so Mackenzie Blackwood has been filling in. Yeah, it's they've got so he, yeah. they've got zero power play goals. Gusev is not playing, on and on a team line. with the offensive firepower that they have, that's absolutely unacceptable after six games. Jack Hughes has no points. Yeah, you think about their power play. They've probably got Taylor Hall, uh, Nico Hishier, uh, Palmieri. Well, Hall, Simmons, Gusev, Hughes. Yeah, Simmons could be um, out there. Hishier. Um, Subban. They've... Yeah, Subban's got the bomb from the point they can use, and they still haven't managed to put a goal. Yeah, they've, they've, they've struggled. They've, they've really struggled. And at what point is that on the coach? Very soon, if not already. Because, like I mentioned, Gusev is on the fourth line. He's a top six player. He's looked good. Let's uh let's tell that story about how he ended up on the fourth okay, line. Actually, so uh, Gusev has been you know playing around the lineup. He's still a top six guy. So Heinz asked him, "Where do you want to play?" He said, "I like playing with Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney is the fourth line center." So Heinz is like, "Okay, I'll put you with Kevin Rooney and Jesper Brad on the fourth line." He has said, I don't really think I have numbers on my lines. I want to roll my lines. But I don't think it's in the best interest of the team to put Gusev on the fourth line when he doesn't have that skill set. You know, he's he hasn't looked very good defensively. Oh, so just putting him with the fourth line, yeah, the center might make up for that a little bit, but he's out, he's not out there to score at that point. You know, you're not putting him out there. Yeah, you don't use your fourth line for scoring. You use that as like a shutdown, four-checky, gritty checking line. 
So to go and put a guy who's a skill player on that line, you're doing a disservice to him and your team. At this point, you have a, a, a exceptionally talented forward. You need to be working on building chemistry with the top six. You don't need to be taking him out of there and putting him on the, the bottom line. He's got to build his chemistry with some guys, right? You know, stable line mates. Exactly. And splitting him up is, is dumb. <laughs> um um, yeah, it's it's not great. Probably, I imagine probably within the next couple of weeks, we'll start seeing the first couple of coaches, if they're going to be any, start to get fired. Um, I imagine if there's a decent candidate on on the market, that Heinz will be one of the first to go. I I would think so. It looks like they're having lots of systems issues. You know, they they do have a lot of new players. You know, Simmons, Subban, Gusev, Hughes coming in, but their breakouts sucked. Their power plays sucked. They're just not getting it, get, getting it together here. So I don't know how many more games they'll give Heinz to, to figure it out, but something's got to happen here. They're, they're hot, Yeah, something's, you know, stir the pot a little bit because they do not have anything going for them. With the additions that they made, they, they, they can't justify these results. They need to have something more going nope. on, um, whether that's bringing in a different special teams coach or just firing the head coach and bringing somebody else in, trying save the season i don't know but it's not a fun time to be a devils fan for sure um move on florida i wanted to quickly mention panthers have started two two and two you know as we mentioned they had that that pretty remarkable comeback against the devils (laughs) um yeah which is a good sign for them um after starting the year very slowly we saw in a lot of games where their biggest their biggest players the huberdos and the trochecks were not putting up points, they weren't producing, they weren't even finding their way onto the score sheet in any way, even beyond points. So for the team to come together and have a, a massive comeback win like that is going to be huge for their morale. Yeah, yeah, they've got some work to do. Bobrovsky has looked uh, less than impressive here so far. So in four games, he's got a 3.87 goals against average and an 8.82 save percentage. That's not great. Which, as I mentioned before, that's uh, that's some ECHL numbers right there. Yeah. Actually, that's like old Bobrovsky playoff numbers. Yeah, I think Reimer and Luongo had better numbers than those in a full season. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Is there anybody else that you wanted to talk about? I think the only other player I wanted to mention, because he's had an absolutely monster start to the season, is Dougie Hamilton. Ooh, yep. So he's got, you know, quite simply on the score sheet, he's got eight points in six games, leading defenseman in scoring, I think. He either tied or really close with Carlson. With John Carlson, I might specify on that. Um, what I've noticed is that 77% of the goals for Car- are for Carolina when he's on the ice. Wow. So he's doing an amazing job. Him and his linemates are doing an amazing job at gender, not only preventing goals against, but scoring instead. And specifically versus the New York New York Islanders in one of their games, um, the shots for Carolina when he was on the ice was 32, against was seven. Wow. And they had a 92% expected goals for. Wow. Yeah, he's been so pretty great for them so far. Yeah. So that type of impact, if he can continue that, like he's he's pushing himself into having a Norris Trophy campaign with that type of numbers and that type of dominance early on in the season. How cool would that and be? And because he's putting up very, because he's putting up offense, because he's putting up power play goals, and because he's got such a bomb of a shot that everyone is talking about, he's going to get consideration for it. Versus 
a more defensive defenseman who might just be having a an average year offensively. Yeah, it'd be pretty neat to have a new guy, new team in contention for Chorus because it's usually just that reputation award. You know, it's the Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty sort of thing. So Hedman, Hedman. it'd be really neat to have somebody else in there who's having a great year and actually gets recognized. Yep. Yeah, Carolina as a whole has been um, pretty great to start the, the season off. I know we mentioned that last podcast of them having a lot Very of OT and shootout wins, but, you know, that's exciting hockey to watch. And if it works, it works, right? So as long as you get the points, um, that's all that matters. Um, exactly. The rest of the Metro has been um, struggling, so it's great for them to take advantage of that and take the top spot for now. I know the... Uh... Which, surprisingly enough, Pittsburgh's sitting in second right now. I'm kind of surprised at that, considering their lineup strength <laughs> injuries and then factoring in the injuries. Yeah. Uh, Malkin, Bukestad, but, um... and Galchenyuk are hurt. Um, Crosby's been, been unreal, though. Yeah, so that's that's I guess that's the trend we've seen throughout both of their careers, that if one of Crosby or Malkin's out, the other just steps it up and has a... <laughs> yeah, he's doing Crosby things. Every single there. time, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, Washington's been struggling. Um, you know, like today, they let in four quick ones. <laughs> um, tried to battle back, but ultimately weren't successful. They've managed to let a f- few of their own leads slip away. Yeah, Islanders can't really get it together so far. The Rangers have played not that many games so far, I don't think. I think they're still at, like, three games played. Yeah, they've played half the games of the teams in front of them. So they're, I mean, they're putting up, they would actually be tied with Washington and Pittsburgh had they played the same amount of games. Yeah, so... Um... So, they're actually doing okay. There's nothing really to say about that. Um, Capo Caco had an amazing first goal. Yeah. That was a very, very slick move around uh, around the Oilers' defense and uh, over Mike Smith, and also, I believe it was uh, Ryan Strom who had a really nice uh, pass over to him. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Shout out to Ryan Strome for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did want to mention, I know you wanted to mention it too, Charmelson in Arizona is out for, what was it, three months? Three months with a broken At least fibula. So three months too. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a rough one to come back from, um, especially for a guy like him who plays so hard physically and defensively and blocks a lot of shots that that's going to need to be really healed up before he can mm-hmm. play again. It's a bad sign for the um, Arizona injury goblins that um starting already. <laughs> exactly. Not great. So uh, Swedish defensemen, you're going to have to watch your fibulas because that's two of them now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Markstrom for Vancouver has been granted about a week's leave to, to, to handle some personal things. They didn't really go into details. Yeah. Um, but... Which is understandable. He's been playing really good. Um, so they've they've called up um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. But they had to call up a goalie to cover his spot. So Demko will probably be um, starting some games for them this week. So hopefully everything's okay with Markstrom. Um, it looks like a Zane McIntyre, but yes. Yeah. Um, you have to hope everything's okay with Markstrom and that it's... Uh... Not nothing you can't come back from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's been a you never quite know with these types of things. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, with part of you as a fan always wants to know more, but part of you as a human being can respect his privacy. You got to respect the privacy. Yeah, if it's something Remember the personal. human, basically. Yeah. Um, I just hope everything's okay with him and his family and everything like that. But uh, um, one last thing that I wanted to mention um, before I pass it to you is Patrick Marlowe made his return to San Jose and scored. <laughs> is anybody surprised? Because I, I think that was the only way he was going to play the season, right? Is if he was in San Jose. Yeah, I think so. It's It was pretty cool. Pretty cool to have him come back in his first game. Didn't he score two or did he score one? I scored two, yeah, I think. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, you know, he he's meant a lot to that team for a long time. And for him to come back. It's... And he is very close to like the all-time games played record, I right? think so, yeah. I think so. You see... To the point where he might be able to get it like, and what's, right and away. And what's cool is his Ironman streak has it's continued because... Uh, in the eyes of the NHL, it's it doesn't get broken if the, if the player is not signed. So as soon as he's signed, he okay. played. So it's still active. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So he is a hundred and math a hundred and eight games shy of the all-time NHL games played record. Right. So he's got to play a couple more seasons. Yeah. So he'd have to play two more years to to get the record. Okay. But after this year, if he plays every game, he'll be pretty close to third. Okay. Yeah, Sharks have won two in a row now. So, you know, it looks like they're coming kind of back from the dead after <laughs> losing yeah, well, four <laughs> out of the gate. Yeah, so the impact of a, of a player like Marlowe on the locker room, on the players, you know, you lose you lose Pavelski, and you can probably imagine the impact that would have on the, on the team with the veteran, the veteran core. Mm-hmm. And then you bring a guy like Marlowe back, yep. who knows the team, knows the organization, he's familiar with everything, like that presence on on the development of the mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Um, and then one last, I've thought of another one. Last thing that I wanted to mention was Phil Kessel played in his thousandth game this week. So that's that's impressive. Um, Stanley Cup champion, Very congrats, Phil Kessel. Phil. Part of the 1K. Two-time Stanley Cup Part champion. of the 1K club. So that's that's pretty cool. Steve Simmons is rolling <laughs> around very very agitatedly right yeah. now. You know that damn hot dog eating scrub. He's, he's in his sleep, just like muttering hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, congrats to him. That's that's pretty impressive um, to have that that type of career. The longevity he's had too, because he's still he's still a really effective player. Yeah, he's still. Great play. And uh, a lot of times you see those types of snipers. The, the he's sort of a one-dimensional-ish sniper, and I don't typically have the type of longevity that he had, that he mm-hmm. is. He's still, you know, he's still the last two years. He's put up well over. He's put up a point per game the last two years. He's still scoring twenty thirty. Yeah, we talk about uh, Marlowe's Iron Man. Phil Kessel's got his own Iron Man. I think he's played in like over seven hundred and fifty games in a row, or something like that. So. Yeah, he doesn't appear to have missed a game since 2009-2010. Very impressive. Looking at 82, 82 games a year, and then the lockout was 48 games. Mm-hmm. So he's got every single game. Very impressive. Especially being a, a smaller type forward guy. I know he doesn't play a rough game, but 
you know, it's, the league is it's not hard, not easy on guys. So to to stay no, in the lineup no. for that many games in a row is impressive. I know at times he should have probably <laughs> come out of the lineup, um, but uh, it, it's, it's still impressive. Very. Yeah. Um, that's everything that I kind of had on my my list. Sean, is there anything else that you wanted to go over? We covered everything. Yeah, we uh, we are. That is week two of the NHL. <laughs> that's all the big the big stuff going on. The uh, hot starts and turnarounds and holy crap, how are they doing that bad of <laughs> the season so far? Yeah, that's the new segment of the show. The holy craps. <laughs> how are they doing that bad? <laughs> okay well i guess uh that's pretty much it then um you know don't forget to uh like our our uh, socials so we have uh, instagram that we're we're active on please uh like that follow us um follow us on twitter follow us on facebook and as always you can find all of our content on our website clappercast.com so thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time